and welcome to episode three of the Way of the Wayfarer podcast. Uh, as you could probably tell, you don't know who this guy is. Uh, if you're watching this on video, uh, you're seeing him. If you're just listening to this, say something, Perry. How you doing? This is Perry Keeve. He is a good friend of mine. Yes, I am. And uh, the, the way that we're going to do the Way of the Wayfarer podcast is that I'm going to do some lessons and then Perry's going to come and we're just going to have a discussion about what I talk about uh, because I'm very self-involved. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> But no, that's not really the reason. The reason is because we really want to have a dialogue and a yep. lot of the things that we're going to talk about require discussion because yep. they're very interesting topics. And uh, so he's here to talk about holiness, both God's holiness and ours and what we're supposed to do with them. Mm -hmm. And so he's going to be uh, on a regular basis on this podcast, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. He is a, the college ministry minister there you go. for the Columbia Church of Christ, and Sounds he also right. uh, makes additional money by being a lookalike <laughs> uh, to Will Smith at parties. <laughs> So if you want to hire him to be a Will Smith lookalike for your next party, uh, we'll give you his contact information. So, Amen. Uh, with all that being said, Perry, let's get into it. Let's do it. Uh, so basically, the last two lessons that we did, if you want to call them that, were about holiness yep. and about God's holiness and our holiness. And basically, the gist of the two is the fact that we tend to view holiness as... Uh, the whole idea of being set apart and right. being morally good and sort of being different from the world, which all of those things are true. Right. I don't want anybody to think that I'm saying that none of those things are true. Right. But there is another part of holiness and certainly another part of how the Bible portrays holiness that I don't think we talk about enough. And let me begin by saying why I think it's important for us to have this conversation about the topic of holiness. Sure. Is because if we solely look at holiness from the set-apart aspect of it, we end up being big weirdos. <laughs> yeah, okay, I can see that. And I'm not uh, throwing anybody under the bus, but sort of this is the idea of a lot of the communities like the Amish and the Mennonites, that they feel that they have to be so different from the world that they end up retreating from it. Right. And sort of creating their own societies. Right. Uh, and their own sort of little worlds. Right. Which then brings into conflict the whole idea of converting people. Sure. And so I think one of the, one of the questions that I think that I would like to discuss while we're talking is, is where do we draw the line mm -hmm. there? Where do yeah. we, if holiness is supposed to be uh, something that does set us apart, but it's also something supposed to be the, something that we share with the world. Right. Uh, and if you haven't listened to the two previous episodes, it would be uh, useful because one of the things that we talked about is how God is set apart and he is incorruptible and he is not sinful and any of these things. And that really creates a distance between us and him. Right. But also he shares that holiness with us. Right. Like he makes that holiness part of his interactions with people and anything he touches and anything he interacts with is changed forever right. because of his presence. Right. And, you know, even uh, as far as we're concerned, one of the things that I talked about in the second episode about this and what do we do with our holiness is the whole scripture in Ezekiel where there's this vision mm -hmm. and Ezekiel's having this vision about mm -hmm. the temple and water coming out of it and basically uh, water being brought to very dry places and bringing things to life. Right. And generally speaking, it's sort of accepted that the... Uh, the fulfillment of this vision that Ezekiel has is the church. Right. And right. how we we are the temple and Wherever water yep. is supposed to be flowing out of us and we bring life and goodness right. to our, the world around us right. and certainly to a world that needs life and goodness. Right. Uh, so again, and I think these two ideas sort of bring something very heavily into conflict in that on the one hand, we are supposed to be different from the world and on the other one, we're supposed to interact with it and change it. And so yep. how do we do that? Like, how right. do we even begin to, to do both of those things and do them well? Right. Well, okay, so in the beginning of the first lesson about God's holiness, you mentioned something, you know, and, and you kind of reiterated it there, but how God is utterly unique, how that this is a large part of what it means to be holy. And I like how you mentioned that rare things get treated special. Um, 
the question I had was, you, you said something to the effect of, like, even though God reveals his holiness to us and reveals himself, like, there was an aspect of God that he wanted to kind of keep hidden or keep away from Adam and Eve. Yes. Um, and that, you know, a question clicked in my mind, uh, you know, as you go through the scriptures you realize that salvation and these concepts all revolve around knowing God. You know, even Paul mentions in that epic, you know, scripture in 1 Corinthians 13, you know, um, then I will know fully uh, right, even as right. I am fully known, right? So it, it is God's desire uh, for us to know him fully. Like, that's intimacy, right? Yes. The, the complete knowledge of someone uh, or, or the uh, deep knowledge of someone. But so the question that I had was, and I kind of want to throw out there as we get started is, why was there in the garden this aspect of God that he wanted to kind of keep um, away from Adam and Eve? Well, so it, it, this is something that I think I've wondered a lot about that I've studied a lot. And I'm, it's a topic that I'm super fascinated by because there are so many things about God and sort of the, the message of God and, and God's desire for our interaction uh, that is, and people are going to, you know, smoke is going to come out of some people says when I say this, <laughs> that is almost contradictory mm. in that God does want to be known. And at the same time, there are multiple scriptures and multiple stories in the Bible, which, uh, which lesson is, is like, you'll never understand. <laughs> like, I know that you want to understand. Right. Like, that's the whole thing with Job. Like, right. Basically, Job is crying out, like, why is this happening to me? And God shows up and basically tells him, like, you're just never, you're, right. you're not capable of understanding. Right, right. And, and so, and at the same time, uh, Job is, uh, I don't know, the reward, commended is probably the better, right. the better word. He is commended for his faithfulness of in spite not understanding everything and in spite of having gone through so much suffering that he never turned against God, that sure. he was always faithful. Sure. And so there's all these dynamics, I think, all throughout the story of the Bible in which, yes, God wants to be known, and at the same time, uh, that knowledge is always going to be limited by our nature, if right. that makes sense. Right. And so I think in the garden, one of the things that's super interesting to me is the story, like Adam and Eve sin, basically, mm -hmm. and they do what they weren't supposed to do. And the part of that story that's always fascinated me is the other tree that's there, the, the tree of eternal life, mm -hmm. and God turns to one of the seraphims and is like, hey, you better guard this, right. because otherwise they will be like us. Yes. And I don't think is one of those things that God doesn't want us to be uh, like him, is I think that he knows that we can't handle it. Right. Right. And if the moral of the story with the, the knowledge of book and evil, of book and evil, <laughs> good and evil, is that the reason why God was trying to keep us away from that is because we weren't going to be able to handle yeah. the moral questions in the same way that he was going to handle them. Right. Right? Like, there, there's something inherent about us that with... Uh, even with the, the so God created us in His image, and I think one of the one of the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? One of the things that that makes us is that it gives us some of the attributes of God. Sure, it's like so God is a creator; we can create, mm -hmm. right? But the difference is like with that and with other things that we are like God is that where He is good and He only creates good things. Mm -hmm. We are not the same way. Right. We have the power to create, and we've made the atomic bomb. We've right. created things that are not necessarily good. Right. And so, I think again, it's, it's more the question of like, hey, God does want to be known. Right. And He wants us to know Him and understand Him. And at the same time, there's a part of Him that is literally dangerous to us. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not a safe thing. Right. For us to have. Right. Well, and I like that because you mentioned about Job and, and the thing that comes out about Job is that he was this extremely faithful man. And, and, and Moses says that to the Israelites about this idea of what can be known about God. The secret things belong to the Lord. Right. Okay, <laughs> That's Barry's daughter, in case you're wondering what that noise was. 
We're just, babysitting for a minute. She's hanging out with us today. Uh, the secret things belong to the Lord, but the things revealed belong to us and our children that we may obey them. And I, I think that scripture right there tells us a lot about even the purpose of holiness in that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And I, I love what you said, and I, I agree with this wholeheartedly, is that not that God doesn't want us to know, but that we weren't that human beings as we are now weren't in the position to handle those moral questions. And, and even, you know, you and I were talking about Mortal Kombat, uh, Mortal Kombat 11, or whatever one just came out. And you were saying that some of your, you know, some of your friends were playing it and you didn't want them to play it in front of your children. Right. Not that if your children saw that, like, well, who knows, you know, what a child is going to make of such gratuitous violence, you know? Uh, and we as adults, you know, we might be able to look at a game like Mortal Kombat and think to ourselves, like, oh, that's fake or, you know, it's unreal. It's, it's, it's whatever. A child, it could really mess up their thought right. processes. So, so I think it says a lot about holiness is that one aspect of holiness is that God is trying to save us or keep us away from the things that will most definitely draw us away from him. And I, I think when you, when you think about um, like the Israelites in the book of Joshua, when they go in and there's, there's chapters about boundary lines. And then right. even to your question, like the Midianites and, and, and the Amish, like they kind of do that. They're like, we're not going to, mingle with these other nations because we're set apart and holy. But like, I personally like, okay, we do know that God told them to set up those boundary lines because if they were to mingle with these other nations, the Israelites would fail to be holy. Right. Once they are exposed to the good and evil, to the evil side of things, the, their ability to not choose evil is not strong. Um, but more than that, like, so those boundary lines are in place, I think, though, to help the Israelites stay away from the darkness and the terror that was happening in these other places. So I'm just throwing out there, I think there's an aspect of holiness that is God trying to protect us um, from the dark things of the world. And that's what he was getting at. Like, that aspect of him, like, he knows what we can be capable of. And he's trying to shield us like... You know, you're not you're not ready for that yet. Right. Well, I think there's also an aspect of it that is uh, very much about the fact, like one of the things in uh, Leviticus, which I find the the role that the law, especially particularly uh, when we're talking about the Jews, the role that that the law played in the whole topic of holiness, I find it very interesting because. Uh, what was supposed to make Israel holy was their adherence to this law mm -hmm. that God gave them. Right. And uh, and I think I talked about this in 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 uh, the other episodes is that God's expectation for Israel's holiness was completely based on the fact that He was holy, and He was basically saying like, "Hey, if I'm holy, then and you're going to be my people, then you're going to be holy as well." Right. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because I feel like, um, so one of the things that I was really trying to think about when I was putting these, these lessons together was, uh, you know, the, the person that uh, works in an office, the kid that goes to school, right. uh, us in our neighborhoods, us with our friends, uh, like how, because I think that we tend to fall in one or two camps, right? Like either, like I have a very close friend of mine that who doesn't watch TV, who doesn't really read the news, who doesn't uh, do all of these things because he feels like he needs to stay away from it. Right. Which, amen to that, right? right? I have friends that you look at their lives mm -hmm. and you know they're spiritual and you know they're Christian, but some of the things that they decide to partake of right. sort of makes you think like, are you really, like, right. do you really take your holiness right. seriously? And I feel like, so we'll fall on one of these two camps of like, I'm going to be uh, holy and sort of like re be really selective about what I partake in. And I think there's other people that sort of believe like, no, I'm supposed to be part of the world. I'm supposed to save it. And therefore, I need to absorb as much of it as I can. Right. 
And I think I think what's difficult about this topic is figuring out. Uh, I don't even say like which one is the right one, but the fact that if we're going to be holy, we have to be both. Mm. And I think that one of the things that I was really trying to get at with this whole with this whole podcast and talking about holiness was that idea. Right. That if we were to look at holiness merely from the aspect of being set apart, that it is true, but that is also an incomplete definition of what holiness is supposed to be. Right. Because our holiness is also supposed to sort of like water the world, if you will. Right. And uh, one of the things that I find fascinating is a lot of times the, either when Peter or Paul are talking about this concept, the way that they talk about it, and again, I talked about this in the second episode as well, is uh, sort of the what I like to call the Jesus model. Right. Because he did both. He was both perfect moral, a perfect moral person mm-hmm. and an incredibly involved socially sure. person. Sure. And to be fair, and, and not that I'm comparing because they're not the same, certainly Jesus' uh, culture and society, having been Jewish, mm-hmm. I guess was a, was a lot more religious than ours. Okay. And something like, uh, like, the, like the Jews, for example, found the... Um, the Roman Colosseum, like, appalling. Like, they right. would have never partaken of that. Right. You know what I mean? And I think now, because even, and this this goes back some years, but even uh, when UFC began to be very popular, mm. right, I really debated in my mind, like, should I be watching this? Right. Like, should I enjoy this? Right. Should I? And again, back to, to one of my good friends. Like, I have a friend that doesn't even watch football mm. because of the violence involved in it. And certainly more recently, right. now that we know a lot of these head injuries, like, he's decided, like, I'm not going to watch football at all. Right. And I'm like, and I understand. I understand the sentiment of that. Right? But, but, but we also live in the South. Mm-hmm. Like, we are recording this from Columbia, South Carolina. Right. And football... It's not everything, <laughs> but it's up there amongst the things that right. belong to everything. Right, absolutely. And so can I really sort of have, uh, I don't know if, I don't know that relationships is the right word, but can I effectively navigate the world right. and build relationships and have people that I connect with and possibly show the gospel to right. without uh, partaking of some of these things? Right, so, so that leads me to another question that I was thinking in this whole concept of holiness, right? Um, when that argument oftentimes comes up, people bring up the idea of the Colosseum, and then they'll liken it to the kind of movies we watch, where I'm like, okay, that, like, everybody who watches movies knows that no one's actually dying right. in the creation of this thing. <laughs> um, and, and having said that, fiction... Is fiction. Right. Surely the Israelites had stories, even of their own history and past, where lions were being murdered and, uh, you know, uh, in the judge in the book of Judges, like, you know, God's word. Well, the Bible is violent, yes. Right, exactly. So, like, this whole concept of likening those two things, I think, is a faulty argument. But more than that, what really gets me thinking is the moment in the book of Acts where, well... There's, there's uh, Mark 7, where Jesus himself declares all foods clean. Right. Now, and then in Acts, uh, it happens again. You know, the, the, uh, Peter has a vision. Uh, he's like, I'm not going to sully myself with that unclean food. And God says, do not call anything unclean that I have declared clean. Now, what I'm not saying is that Mortal Kombat 11 is clean or anything like that. <laughs> um, but, but the principle that Jesus throws out in Mark 7 is... Uh, it is not what a man puts into himself that makes him unclean. Right. But what comes out of a man's heart, you know? Um, and then he lists all the sins of the heart. And so, and, and this is a question that I'm asking here. Does that apply? Because Jesus was talking about food, but the, I think the principle can be stretched. And you can ask yourself the question like, okay, because I listened to a song that had a curse word in it, um, Am I now less holy than I was before because I heard a curse word? Right. Uh, if that's the case, I could not hang out with friends who curse. Um, if I watch a movie where someone is murdered or someone is a thief or even someone lies, because I think that's another thing. Uh, 
media gets really hammered on certain sins, but not others. others, Hey, everybody's okay with watching Friends, which is literally a show (laughs) about a group of people having sex with different people. But everybody's against Game of Thrones because there's explicit sexual content. Now, I'm not going to watch Game of Thrones just because I don't want to put naked women in front of me. Right. But if we're going to stand on those levels of holiness, Friends should be thrown out the window too. Now, again, I'm asking this to say, is the media that we intake, does that lessen or take away our holiness? Well, so here's here's the thing, and I'm glad because I I saved, I say I was gonna put this on the on the two other episodes, and I was hoping it would come up for this one. So I'm glad I saved it because I think there's there's a couple of things that we have to understand about holiness, right? And and probably one of the most important ones is that there's no scenario in which we can make ourselves holy. Mm. We are holy. Uh, like the nation of Israel was holy because of God's involvement with it. Mm, because good. God decided to, to descend and, and be part of this group of people's lives. That's why Israel was a nation that was set apart. Right. As Christians, we don't make ourselves holy. Right? Like we are made holy. Right. We're made holy by the blood of Christ. That holiness is asserted to by the presence of the Spirit in our lives and in us, literally. Right, right. That's how the Bible puts it. Like, and the the reason why the Spirit can come and dwell in us is because we have been made holy. So we don't make ourselves holy. And even interestingly enough, I, and I find this this kind of stuff fascinates me. A, because I find the idea of time super fascinating. But a lot of times the way that the Bible talks about time mm-hmm. is also very fascinating right. because here's the thing. When the Bible talks about sort of the, the timeline of holiness, right, is when we become Christians, we have been made holy. Right. So something that happened in the past. Right. But we're still holy. Right. But there's also, a, I guess, an additional level of holiness that we're going to achieve. Right. That we are being made holy. That we're being made holy. Right. And so our holiness exists on... All of the timeline of time, like <laughs> the entirety of it, right? Exi- like we exist on this holiness timeline, right? And no matter where you fall on the timeline, we are holy, right? That is not we are not able to to manipulate time in that way, right? For that to be so, it is that way because this holiness is coming from God, from God, sure. And so, a lot of times when uh, the New Testament authors talk, talks about this holiness that we've attained. The way they talk about it is that because we've attained it and because we be, it's become it's come from an from an outside source which is God mm-hmm. that we're supposed to live up to it. Gotcha. That we're supposed to live our lives with this reality in mind. Right. That because we are holy, we ought to behave in a holy way. Right. And so, again, I think this further complicates the question of like then then why do I sort of keep myself away from all these things. And even like, let me throw, let me throw this one other thing out there, right? Mm-hmm. So in the Old Testament, part of the law was moral laws and part of the law was ritual laws. Mm-hmm. And if you violated a ritual law, you were made impure and then you had to do a sacrifice and confess and do all these things and you would be made holy again, right. if that makes sense. Right. Our sin is washed once for all, right? Like Jesus died one time right. for the entirety of our sin. The ritual is done. Right. It's like that's not repeated. Every time I wake up in the morning, right. Jesus is not like proverbially dying again. Right. So that when I wake up You're and I have a bad thought about something, like that's not sullying me. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm made pure forever, Yes. if that makes sense. And again, I'm supposed to live up to that holiness. And so um, I say all of this to basically say that I think what you're talking about, right, about how we, we, um, we consume media and what we watch and what we listen to and all of these things, I think because of the freedom that we have of this sort of like perpetual holiness, right, the decisions 
of what we consume, and particularly when you brought up, like, you know, it's not what comes into a man that makes him impure, it's what comes out of it. I think one of the best ways to determine how we decide what we consume, as far as music, books, video, movies, all of this other stuff, is like, what of what we consume brings this stuff Mm. that's inside of us Mm. out? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, for example... Uh, I became a Christian when I was uh, in high school, and prior to being a Christian, like I listened to a lot of rap, right? Right, and I became a Christian, and basically, like two weeks after, I was like, I can't, I just can't listen to this anymore. Right, I can't. Right, and literally, Perry, like almost fourteen years went by where I just didn't listen to it. Mm-hmm. Right, like I just, I just didn't. Right, and um. And not that I didn't know who the popular rappers were. And all sure. That. Like, I knew all that stuff. Sure. Um, but I just didn't consume it. And then a time in my life came, uh, and this was a few years ago, where a lot of this uh, racial tension really began to yep. happen. Yep. And uh, I, the, at the time, the ministry that I was leading was uh, the majority African-American. Mm-hmm. And sort of in the midst of all this stuff, I was like, like, I know these kids, right. right? And I know and I feel like I understand them. But certainly, uh, rap in the African-American community plays a huge role. Right. And I felt like there was a part of them, and even in trying to help them with certain things, there was a part of it that I felt like I needed to listen to some of this stuff to understand some of the places that they were coming from. Right. And I knew exactly what I was... Uh, what I was going to partake of, right. right? Like, I knew what I was going to listen to, the content, right. all of this other stuff. And uh, a very interesting thing happened in that I did listen to a lot of this stuff, and it did open my eyes to some good things and some bad things. Mm-hmm. But I was, I was really... Um, like, the reason why 14, 14 years ago, if you will, right. why I stopped listening to rap, it was because of the emotional state Okay. Because of the mindset that it would put me into. Right. That's why I stopped listening to it. Right. Right? And fast forward 14 years, and all of a sudden I'm consuming this again. Mm-hmm. And from an emotional standpoint and from a mindset standpoint, it is no longer doing the same thing to me. Right. Because I think I now have 14 years of my walk with God under my belt. Right. I'm emotionally... Uh, and as far as emotional maturity is concerned, I'm in a completely different place, right? So I felt like I could consume this stuff and it wouldn't take me to the same place mm. that it took me in. And now there's some there's some uh, rap that I listen to on a pretty consistent basis, right? Right. That does some ha- have some profanity on it, that the, the uh, subject matter is, uh, I guess, questionable is the best way you can put it. Sure. But... I do it with the awareness of I understand what I'm listening to. I know my convictions. This is not changing my mind about anything. Right. Like, it's not like all of a sudden I'm going to listen to this song. Right. And I'm on my way home and I'm now going to stop by the strip club. Like, right. that's not. Right. Or shoot somebody on the side right. of the street. That's not going to happen. And, I under, and again, I, I'm saying all of this by uh, simply to arrive at this. I feel like uh, our our full understanding of holiness uh, needs to bring up these types of conversations into our minds and into like what we're doing now, which mm-hmm. is having conversations with other people. Because whether we like it or not, right, we live in a world that engages with these things. Right. And we have an obligation to both be morally pure, if you will, morally holy, but at the same time bringing life to people. Sure. And because of that and because of, again, this whole, like, timeline of holiness that I was explaining before, I think we need to give ourselves the ability to determine some of these things on our own. Yeah. And I know some people will think that this is dangerous, that I'm giving licensed people to sort of experiment. Sure. But, I, but doing this takes a lot of honesty. Yeah. Or, like, a lot of personal... Right. Honesty right. to say, like, you know what, like, no, I can't do this. Right. Like, I tried, 
Like I know what you're saying, Rodrigo, but I just I, I'm not, and I'm, and that's totally fine. Right. Uh, and and let me say this too: you don't have to be up on the up and up of everything, right? To be able to relate to people, right? I think it helps. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, most of my uh, ministry career has been spent with young people, and it, it, it made a huge difference between me serving these kids, knowing what they were listening to. And partaking of what they were listening to and me not. Right. And it even, at many times, it brought up some really good conversations that I was like, are you even listening? Like, do you even understand right. what these people are saying? Right. Like, yes, it sounds good and you can dance to it and all this stuff. But, like, do you understand right. what you're listening to? Right. And the fact of the matter is that 90% of them weren't even, like, hearing the words yes they were just there for the beat sure you know what i mean and and again that began some really good conversations that i would have never had right had i not given it like you know the 10 20 15 minutes i spent like listening to some of this stuff right and it's funny you you mentioned that because the longer i'm a christian the more i'm realizing that a large part and and i would even go as far as to say is that like the point of Christianity is relationships. It's about how God treats us and how we're supposed to treat our fellow man. And in this whole conversation of holiness, like I, I think the a very specific indicator of holiness um, is not necessarily what you watch on TV or or even the kind of people you hang around, um, but how you treat the people in your life. Mm. And, and, and I think because of that, there is, you know, um, I was listening to a lesson the other day and it talked about the Ten Commandments, how the Ten Commandments are broken up into two sections. One, our relationship with God and then our relationship with others. People, right. And when it comes to our relationship with God, God talks about there, sh- there should be no idols, you know? There should be no other gods. Don't worship other things. The problem with media is that it can be used... And abused. And, and what I mean by that is like, I, you know, I love me some anime. I love me some some Marvel, some DC. Um, I love me anything that has action in it, fighting in it, good story in it. Um, but the problem with those things, story is awesome. All those things are great. And I, I think they have a lot of benefit even. Uh, I would even, I would say for my own spiritual life, I'm a Christian. Like God used these things right. to lead me to him. Um, but having said that, a lot of the reason that people go to these things is escapism. People don't want to live their own lives. People right. don't like their own lives. So what they do is they immerse themselves in the music and in the media and in the things that they watch, and they allow those things to, one, um, they allow those things to substitute for their lives, which I think is against everything that God wants us to do. Sure. Uh, but then also, if it's not substituting, it is kind of filling the holes in our minds and in our hearts of who we're supposed to be. Um, and so, you know, the scripture talks about everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Then he says, everything is permissible, but I will not be mastered by anything. Right. And, and the goal is to have God be the master. But what we tend to do is let everything else in our lives mm, That's true. Us. Yep. And if you're not at a level, and I think about specifically, um, I, I was recently last year uh, diagnosed with diabetes. Um, and here's the deal. Just in case you're wondering, for those of you who aren't watching this, Perry is one of the fittest people you'll ever meet. <laughs> I mean, he must have like unhealthy levels of fat on the low side, I'm saying. <laughs> This is not because Perry is a fat glutton that only eats candy. All right? I just want to let make that clear. Well, I, I'm glad you said that, too, because I look fit and I exercise. But if you were to take my diet from a year ago and compare it to now, it was clear that it was an unhealthy diet. Uh, I ate pasta almost every day of the week. Uh, my diet was pasta, bread, and sugar. And if I could combine the bread and the sugar, uh, that would be ideal. You right. know? And cereal in the morning. Like, uh, and my, my fruit of choice was bananas. Now, one could easily look at me, and because of how fit I look, they could say, well, Perry can handle all that carb and sugar, right? Just like you might be able to look at a Christian, and I'm saying this because oftentimes 
you can't judge someone's holiness. Yes. Somebody can look at a Christian, they can look all great, uh, and they might even watch Game of Thrones or something like that. And you could have the assumption, oh, well, that man is fine, right? What happened with me is I figured out I had diabetes, that this stuff was slowly killing, killing me. Right. Now, for a period of time, I had to basically abstain from carbs and sugar. I went on the keto diet, uh, and it corrected um, my blood sugars. Uh, and now I don't do keto as completely anymore. I basically just do a low-carb, whole-food diet. Um, basically, if it's real food, you know, if it's not coming out of a box, if it's not processed, I'll partake in it. Now, and I might even eat sugar a little bit, but I think the difference is back then I was mastered by the carb and the sugar. Right. Nowadays, I have complete control over what goes into my body. And I even know the levels of what I need to give me the optimal amount of, of fitness or health or whatever. And my focus nowadays is not pleasure, but it's health. Gotcha. And I think oftentimes with the media, with this whole question right. of holiness, right. the, the reason why we consume it is not to get closer to God, it's not holiness, it's pleasure. Right. And when that is our goal, then I would, I would challenge everybody to really get to the root of why you need to partake in these things. Right. And pleasure isn't bad, but it shouldn't be our God. You know, it's interesting you bring that up, and let, let me back up for a second. Because for those of you watching this too, you can tell that I'm overweight. I've lost 30 pounds in the past few months, uh, and I'm planning on losing more weight. But let me just say on behalf of five people everywhere, Perry, we all hate you. (laughs) I mean, I think of an M&M, Perry, and I gain weight. I just have to think about it. All right? So that's... But, uh, you know, it's interesting that you bring this whole uh, um, topic of motivation because I think, um, let me throw this example out there. There are people out there who are uh, by nature conservative, right? And they actually find great joy in being super disciplined, super strict, super like, I'm not going to do that, right? Right. And uh, and I don't want to generalize, but some of those people tend to to be very self righteous. Mm. Uh, and self righteous is a case of you over enjoying your own morality. That's what be that's what a self righteous person is. Right, right. And I think that dude, like you, you hit this on the head in that I I do think that ultimately what we're talking about here is is having this this internal. Uh, conversation with ourselves of like, why am I doing right. this? Because I can tell you for a fact, like me going, like deciding to engage with a certain type of music with a mindset of this is going to help me understand people, yeah. completely different than I'm just going to listen to yeah. this because I like it. Yeah, you know what I mean? And I think it, it, it for me, and I'm not, and again, if if anything, I don't want anybody to think that A, either Perry or I just to choose to engage in everything because I think we're both very selective on what we engage with and the type of media we consume and the type of activities we consume, we, we partake of. But I, I think this is, this is something that you and I, and we have a lot of conversations about this, mm-hmm. that you and I are constantly wrestling about. Right. Uh, like, you know, what movies to watch, what music to listen to. We both love anime. Anime, especially in the past 10, 15 years, has become, like, very sexualized. And even, right. like, some of the stuff... That I watch on that realm, right. like I live in myself from, right. Right. right? And and we're not. And let me say this: we're not talking about like the absolute, right. like things that we can all agree is immoral. Like we're not talking about. We're not debating about going to a strip club here. Or watching porn. Right. Like no. Right. No. Like that's a hard no. Right. We're talking about some of this other stuff that's a little bit more nuanced. Right. And I and I do think that one of the uh, one of the North Stars when having this conversation is the conversation of motivation. Like, what is this doing for me or even against me? Yes. You know absolutely. what I mean? Like, how is, this, how is this harming me? Absolutely. And I think one of the things that I have found is that, unfortunately, there are people that don't even ask that question of themselves. Right. They just sort of, like, mindlessly engage with this stuff. And, and again, not, not that I, I, I don't want us to get lost in, in the conversation or here. abstain from it. Right, exactly. Or, or just because somebody told them to, right. to do so. Right. Um, 
Because, again, I think the reason why we're having this conversation is because we, we're, we're talking about what holiness is. Mm-hmm. And there's these two sides of holiness, one that requires us for us to be exceptionally moral right. and one that requires for us to, uh, to change the world, really. Right. Right? And it's impossible to change the world if you're not a part of it. Right. Like, that's just really hard. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I seriously, I cannot think how you could do that. But also, let me reiterate this, and I think this is another part of the conversation that I, I find fascinating, and one that I think really intimidates us, right? And, and that's that we think, right, that if, I think the, the other side of this coin is that we think that we're not going to be uh, liked or people are not going to be want, want to be around us if we're really moral. And to that, I, again, I mentioned this on the other episodes, is that, uh, like, man, like, look at Jesus. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, to me, if anything, like, if, if anybody walks away from this, from listening to this with anything, is look at the life of Jesus. Right. Because I think he did this perfectly. Right. He was both super moral and somebody who people flocked to. Like, there right. was something about Jesus' humanity that was so exceptional that people felt really attracted to it. Right. And so I think the other side of this is not that we're talking about, like, uh, this, this part of this conversation isn't just about, like, what we engage with and what we consume. It is also about the type of people that we are. Yeah. And, I, and I think we're very afraid to be goody-goody two-shoes because we think that that repels people. Right. And let me say this. I think it does repel some people. And the people that are repelled by your moral uh, moral goodness, I think we should all be grateful that they don't want to be around us. If that's the reason they don't want to be around us, I think we should welcome that. Right? right? right. If somebody doesn't want to be around us because we're too, we're, because we're honest or we're too kind or we're super loving or whatever, like if, if that's the reason, like if somebody looks at us like, oh, you're just too loving for me. Right. I just, I want, like, what, what do you want me to do? Right. Like, you want me, like, this is the kind of love that God calls me to show. Right. I'm not going to back up from this. You know what I mean? Right. Well, uh, I, I, I love that idea because, you know, I mentioned earlier, the whole point of, like, what God is trying to teach us is, is, is how we treat each other. And I think even the point I was making earlier about the, the tree being in the garden and God trying to shield us from that. And I, I think it's funny because as we had this conversation, like, I, I think a lot about self-righteous people, right? So, and then I can be self-righteous too, but it, what happens is if you're, people who are trying to be holy oftentimes, they, they, they draw their lines in the sand and then they feel justified looking down on other people right. because of uh, that person is not abstaining from this thing that I feel like you should abstain from. Now, there are two sides of that. Um, and I think oftentimes the Christians really mess up because they draw the line in the sand and then they treat non-Christians poorly because the non-Christians are doing non-Christian things. Right. It's like they're non-Christians. Don't expect them to have the same standard as you. So we should be treating non-Christians, showing them all the love regardless of what they do. Right. You know what I'm saying? But then it really becomes a problem when it's within the boundary lines of Christianity. And I think it becomes a problem because there are different, differenting degrees of what we're talking about here. That if I think that watching Game of Thrones point blank is a sin, then what I'm trying to do to my Christian brother is stop him from sinning. Right. If that person doesn't think it's a sin, then now we have a difference in just general, basic, foundational understanding of things. Um, and and then, then we start treating the actual Christian with disdain. or and, and we do it with this biblical backing of, you know, with such a man, 1 Corinthians 5, do not even eat. Right. Right? Right, right, right. Um, but, but I'm not sure if we're applying that scripture in a poor way when it comes to these more questionable things. Um, you know, because there's not a scripture that says if you watch Game of Thrones, you're in sin. Right. Or if you listen to foul language, you're in sin. The scripture doesn't say that, you know. Uh, and you could draw different principles from other things, but, but the point I'm trying to make is I think when this conversation of holiness happens, 
Yes, we should strive for our own moral piety and righteousness and strive to make sure that we're transforming to be more like Jesus. But more than that, and I think this is the harder thing to do, we have to strive to treat people like Jesus treated them. Right. And we love not doing that. <laughs> because That's true, yeah. Because when we're on that moral high ground, it feels good. And honestly, like we can feel better than people. Right. You know? Um, and, and once we get there, like Jesus literally was better than people. He was God. But no one ever felt that way around him. Um, and, then, and then to your point of like the people who don't want to be around you because you're too good – like, there is a level of God's holiness that if we obey him and if we rest in that glory and goodness, it will literally rescue us from the things that destroy our lives. Yes. From the thief that steals, kills, and destroys. Right. And so, like, in the scriptures, when Jesus would walk by and the demons would freak out and, hey, don't torture me, Jesus, like... Here's the deal. Whether you believe in legit demon possession or not, <laughs> there are people around here who are heavily influenced by the powers of this dark world. Yeah, absolutely. And when they get near the glory and the light of Jesus, they have no other choice but to freak out. Um, because there are, there are things in their lives that Jesus cannot abide. And then more than that, because that scripture in, in um, Ezekiel, you mentioned the river going out. And bringing life everywhere, but the scripture specifically mentions that there will be swamps. And in those swamps, like, that's where the dead things are. Right, 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 right. The fact that, like, God in this scenario is reserving a place. Hey, if you don't want the goodness of God, you don't have to have it. Right. But where you will reside will be a place of of, of salt water and swamps. Muckiness. Death, you know? And it's like... We get to live in this in these paths that bring everything that we actually want at the end of the day. All the media that we listen to, all the pleasure we're trying to get, like what we don't see is that God's holiness is the climax of all of that. Right. And we're, we're searching in these other places because we don't trust that reading the Bible or being honest is going to get us to these levels of paradise. But that's where paradise is. Yes. You know, absolutely. Let me uh, let me bring us sort of to a close here because I think it, it is um, it, holiness um, is supposed to be a super important part of our lives. God calls us to it, uh, whether it's in the Old or the New Testament. Huge amounts of words are reserved to the topic right. of holiness and. If anything, I feel like this conversation brings up to uh, to mind the fact that uh, it's not necessarily a, an easy easy topic to talk about or even determine what it is. And if anything, I just want to close with with some of these two thoughts about what we've talked about. One is is don't blanket anything. Right. Like don't be like, oh, this is absolutely holy and this absolutely isn't. Right. Aside from, like, the super obvious things. Sin. Right. Aside right. from, like, things that we absolutely, all of us, like, murdered, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but, but again, like, we live in a very nuanced world. It's just the bottom line. Right. You know what I mean? Like, we, we live in really complex societies. Uh, the, the dynamics of the world that we live in are enjoyably and sometimes not so enjoyably complicated. Yeah. Right? And we live in it. There's absolutely nothing we can do about it. Right, like the, the best thing that we can do about it is to change people one by one. Right, that's the best that we can do, right. and I think is the best answer to everything. Right. is just make Christians people. Right, right, absolutely. And and uh, and I, and I do think that there's there's a there's two things I want people to walk away from this with is uh, holiness is super important, and it's also not as easy to define it as what it looks like in your life as you would think it is. Yeah. And so having said that, chances are that some people listened to this podcast and got really mad at us. <laughs> and if you did, uh, forgive us. We're trying to figure it out. That's the reason why we're having this conversation because we're trying to figure out what the best thing is uh, and what holiness is supposed to look like. Um, and at the same time, 
I, I think it we I want people to to make it abundantly clear that our holiness, for as much as it's supposed to be a moral marker of our lives, it is also supposed to be something that we bring and share mm-hmm. with other people. Holiness is not holiness doesn't come from us, but it's also not just for us. Right. Like that holiness is supposed to invade this world. Right. And so no matter what, no matter where you fall on a lot of the things that we brought up on this podcast, bring holiness to the people around you. Like, we may not agree necessarily on what that is supposed to look like, but let's all agree that there's a a part of your life that, that is infinitely good that you're supposed to be bringing to other people. Right, right. So... Without that being said, mm-hmm. Perry, would you like a closing thought, or should we close it here? I'm just going to say uh, this last thing. Um, also, you mentioned people who listen to this, you know, might get mad at this, we're sorry. But also people who listen to this might have found something that we have said uh, to use it as a license to go sin. Uh, don't, don't do that. that. No. <laughs> um, the goal here is that even though this world is very nuanced and it's, it's chaotic, like... God provides the path that lead to righteousness and holiness yes. and goodness. Um, and we're searching for those paths. Yes. Uh, so if you would like to be part of the discussion, you can do one of two things. If you're watching this on YouTube or on Facebook, you can just comment under the video. Uh, if you're listening to this, we're going to link to uh, a Facebook page for discussion. And uh, you can leave your comments there. Uh, again, if you disagree with us, be kind and nice to us. We... We are open to being wrong, all right? We're open to having to do a whole episode of retractions. Uh, and hopefully we won't have to do that, but we're open to it. Right. So uh, with all that being said, thank you so much for listening. Yep. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, you can do so. You can follow me personally at, uh, Eth- uh, at Rodrigo Ether on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow Ether Multimedia at EtherMMC. And Perry doesn't do social media. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. So thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll catch you on the next.